Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Joy. On today's episode, we have a special treat. We set up a publishing panel of, of different employees from around different departments at Tyndale. And we were able to get some behind the scenes insight of what it's like to publish a book. And Adam and I have both gotten questions from our listeners, our readers, our customers on social media, email, and even Tyndale Rewards about what the process is like and how you actually could publish a book yourself. Yes, and we know that uh, every publisher probably does it differently, but this is sort of Tyndale's process from how books are chosen, how they're edited, uh, how the paper and the book, book covers get chosen and designed, all the way through marketing, sales, and shipping it out the door. So we hope you find this informative, and if you have any other questions, feel free to shoot us a message on Twitter or Facebook or you know, write us a message through Tyndale.com. Today we have the privilege of talking with a group of publishing professionals at Tyndale House. We are going to publish a book together from start to finish and we have a room full of experts to help us do that. So we're gonna start with Linda Howard and welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having us all here, this is really fun. So um, as Joyce said, I'm Linda Howard. I'm the associate publisher for kids and youth here at Tyndale. I think I have the best job in the world, personally, <laughs> because I get to create books for children that are gonna help them um, grow spiritually from a very young age, and I think that's an absolute privilege, and I'm, I'm grateful to be able to do that. Um, so my group, as I said, we do kids' books, we do um, board books all the way up to um, YA fiction and nonfiction and devotionals and everything in between. And um, I guess that one of my favorite things about my job is the fact that I get to create products that are going to make a difference um, eternally um, for kids and that we get to help lay a foundation of spiritual formation for kids um, in the products that we publish every day. Mm -hmm. Linda, could you share a little bit more about the acquisitions process? I know you do a lot of acquiring. Mm -hmm. How do you know what, what type of book to publish? So just an, as an example, I can just show up to Tyndale and ask to see you, and they'll take me up to your office, and I can just publish a book, right? Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get proposals from agents on a regular basis, and we take that through our process and our team. I have my editors look at it alongside of me. Um, some teams, uh, the acquisitions really makes the decision, and some teams are a little more collaborative with having editorial involved. For me, I love having my editorial team involved because they're so good at what they do and really um, know great books. Um, if you walked in the door, unfortunately, they would not um, usher you <laughs> up to my office. However, um, I do take unsolicited proposals um, by email. And so if someone wanted to email me with something, I will do that. It is much better if you have an agent because they're just going to take really good care of you and be able to make sure that you're getting the best deal and everything possible. But I will look at things that don't have an agent as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. That's a, a fun thing for our listeners to know. I actually got to get a lot of questions about how do I get my book published? So be careful, Linda, <laughs> you may have a lot of emails <laughs> coming through. That's okay. Um, speaking of editing, we have Danica with us. Danica, can you share a little bit about your part in the process? Sure. Um, my name is Danica King, and I'm an associate editor on the fiction team in editorial. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm responsible for either copy editing or editing a manuscript. Um, and it's just so much fun to be really hands-on with the um, author's words. I love all the different stories that come my way, and um, I learn new things with every project. And, um, yeah, it's just a really enjoyable process for me. So after the manuscript is acquired in acquisitions, it comes to editorial, and it's kind of passed off to the editor. Um, and then the editor starts working with the author on bigger picture changes. So it can be anything from taking out a scene or moving it here and there or adding a totally new character or sometimes going in an entirely new direction. Um, or other times, if the manuscript is pretty solid as is and everything looks good, looks good from acquisitions and editorial perspective, we just do more minor things like wording changes and um, making sure things are consistent, that sort of thing. Um, and then copy editing is the next stage, which, which is what I usually do, and that's more detail-focused. So we're working directly with the editor, um, just making sure all the facts are in order. So even though I'm on the fiction team, we do deal with a lot of facts. Um, we have to make sure that if the author says it takes an hour to get from city A to city B, that it actually does, and it doesn't take five hours, <laughs> because then that throws the timeline off. Um, <coughs> and just making sure a character's eyes don't change from green to blue by the end of the story, that kind of thing. Um, so making, every sh making sure everything is in place. Um, I think my favorite thing about my job is when I get to work on historical fiction books because I love history and I feel like those are the projects where I learn the most just in terms of fact checking and um, how people spoke and dressed in certain time periods, what they cared about, what was going on in different parts of the world. So I love it when I get to work on those projects. Do you have a most common mistake that you find in books? Or is that like a stereotypical <laughs> editor question? No, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I think maybe the, like, the map. I feel like we always end up picking up cities on maps. And it is, there are frequently issues with that. Like the route is different from the way the author portrayed it, or the city isn't where said it was or something like that so usually it's minor fixes in terms of shortening distances or lengthening them but other times we actually need to make plot adjustments to reflect that um, aside from that just like minor grammatical stuff and spelling word choice stuff like that so and oxford comma yes or no <laughs> yes i'm so <laughs> proud of the oxford comma <laughs> i love it so we also run into that a lot i have added so many oxford commas in my time at tyndale it's a good time mm -hmm. but <laughs> Thanks, Danica. Sure. If you would, sure, yeah, hand it off to Al. Al's on our design team. Al, what do you do here? Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Al Nevada. I am uh, the art director for the Spanish publishing team as well as the commercial team, uh, which is a little bit unique because our design team is split into those two groups, and I'm pretty much the only one that has their hand in both areas. Um, as far as on the product side, you know, you kind of go through the acquisitions, the editing, and then once you get the story put together, the design team meets with the acquisitions team, and now we got to create a cover. And so the job is to really um, interpret and just add on to the story on a, in a visual way. Mm -hmm. And so basically we kind of, to simplify things, we, we interpret the story and try to capture the vision of the author and the acquisitions team into a cover. Mm -hmm. um, and alongside that, well, we gotta try to sell this book. And so with their commercial team steps in is once the creative is done on the book side, um, 
we partner with the designers and the marketing groups to develop a campaign, whether it's designing ads, uh, postcards, social media pieces, you name it, just to kind of let the world know that this book exists out there and how can you get a, a hold of it. Um, so it's, you know, it's pretty fun to kind of do what we do because in many ways we grew up in, in a creative, with a creative mindset of whether we used to draw or something and now we get to do it for work. And, um, you know, what's really special about our team is uh, the collaboration that's really involved in developing uh, the products. Uh, once a week, we have a meeting as a design team where uh, various designers and art directors will present their cover concepts or brainstorm and basically be transparent and show what they're working on and gives the rest of the team an opportunity to really speak into the design. And so in many ways, um, a cover is not just one designer involved, but an entire team of 20-some people speaking into it. And it's just kind of fun to see when a book is published or printed that we see, oh, so-and-so kind of mentioned that, and it really helped improve the product. And so that's kind of special with our team to to uh, really collaborate on those uh, areas. So, mm -hmm. How many iterations would you say a cover goes through? Sometimes I've been up in the design department, you mm -hmm. have a bulletin board, yes. and I see that there's a variety of variations. Yes. In the perfect world, uh, <laughs> we would present usually, ideally, like three cover concepts. Um, one that's uh, what the acquisitions is kind of asking for, maybe one that the author is asking for, and then maybe one as the designer would interpret would be uh, something that might be out of the ordinary but would like to present based on their interpretation of the story. And then from that, you kind of piece things together and see what may work based on uh, the manuscript or and the cover direction or the author input. And we just kind of go from there. And then from those three cover concepts, you could possibly tweak uh, one or two rounds, ideally, but you know every project is unique. Sometimes you hit it right off the right out of the park on your first try, and then there's some that requires a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. So it just varies uh, from one to several. Yeah. Do you have any cool, weird, or unique stories about putting together a cover? Um, man, I've been here for <laughs> almost 13 years, so there's quite a few. But personally. Um, you know, as we talk about the design process or the cover process, um, I had a unique opportunity a few years back um, to be involved in every single phase of the product, uh, from actually creating a proposal along with uh, Jeremy Taylor uh, for this book called First for uh, Rich Froning, who, if you guys don't know, is like the Michael Jordan of the CrossFit world, <laughs> but uh, very involved in that outside of Tyndale, and so we thought we could put something together. So we actually put a proposal to do that to uh, Tyndale, and from that got involved into obviously the cover process, the editing process, PR, marketing, sales. <laughs> uh, I mean, from start to finish, it was really kind of cool and had a lot of respect for what everybody does at Tyndale just being involved in a very small, uh, even being a small part of all of that, but it was a really fun experience to kind of see you go through from really start to finish. So. Mm -hmm. If someone needs a CrossFit coach, 
and they live near Wheaton, they should call you. Right? Uh, yes, they can call me. You can bleep out the email, but <laughs> come find me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Al. I really appreciate it. So once the book is acquired, edited, it has a great cover. Jake, tell us a little bit about the process of production. What happens with your job? So um, <coughs> my name is Jake Schlossberg, and uh, first and foremost, my role at Tyndale is as the uh, center fielder for the softball team. <laughs> 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 uh, after that, they discovered I could do some other things. So um, uh, I'm in the production department, and my role is twofold, as is most of the uh, employees in my department. Uh, it is a mixture of product management and uh, purchasing. So on the product management side, um, once an edited manuscript is complete, it's turned into production, and we build a schedule for it. We um, Acquisitions has told us when they would like the book to be here, and we develop a schedule that gets the book here by that date. Sometimes we can't do that, so we say, acquisitions, you need to move that date. <laughs> um, so we build that schedule, and we then coordinate all of the pieces that go into the book. We take that in uh, manuscript, and we deliver it to typesetting, who works with design to uh, create the interior and make it look as beautiful and as readable as possible. Um, and that typesetting then has to be, again, reviewed by editorial. Um, that's where we catch a lot of the uh, proofread. It goes through proofreading, so we catch all of the missing Oxford commas. <laughs> um, and uh, we do the same thing with the cover. So Al worked with ac acquisitions to develop a front cover, and then acquisitions submits back cover copy to editorial, who then gives it to us, and we build a schedule for your cover. Um, and we get all of the files together, and we, our final product as a product manager isn't the actual book, it's PDFs. Um, and those PDFs are then given to the, uh, what we call buyers, or the purchaser, who interfaces uh, with the external printers that Tyndale uses to actually manufacture the books. Um, so sometimes uh, that means printers within Illinois, sometimes it's within the United States, sometimes it's within North America, sometimes uh, we do keep it within the world. <laughs> um, but we do work with printers all over the world. Um, depending on uh, the trim size of the book can affect it, the type of ink, the type of cover or paper materials. Um, we can bore you to death with paper <laughs> details. What's your favorite kind of paper? 45 pound alternative white, 400 PPI. Awesome. You can three brightness. You can Google that. So we're, we're starting to see now as we go through acquisitions, editorial design, production, why you can't just take a Word document and print it and sell it in a bookstore. There's no, so many surprisingly. steps. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Jake, 
I would imagine because you're working with so many details that sometimes a detail could be left out. And Never. <laughs> that could be, I could imagine, you know, oh no, like we forgot a page or part of the book and it gets sent to the printer. Do you, do you have any stories like that or do you usually, does your team catch it before there's big problems? Uh, both. Um, we have had some hiccups that we don't like to talk about. <laughs> um, but we do, uh, there's so many eyes looking at it that we do catch a lot of mistakes because the product manager looks at it, the acquiring editor looks at it, the designer looks at it, the editor, copy editors look at it. Um, so there are a lot of eyes. And then, uh, especially depending on the complexity of the piece, even after we've sent files that we think are perfect, the printer will send us proofs to verify before, before they print anything. And we still sometimes catch things. Mm -hmm. um, but when books reprint, uh, we have a way of maintaining what we call reprint corrections. So if we did miss an Oxford comma, we can uh, correct it at reprint. So once it gets printed, gets shipped to Tyndale, and it gets put into Tyndale's inventory. How, how's that for a transition? <laughs> I would say that was a pretty good transition. <laughs> so Mike, tell us about what that means. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Mike Edelstein. I'm the inventory control manager. And uh, like Jake said, he'll uh, put through a purchase order that will come into our warehouse, and then I'll receive it and um, verify to what the printer actually claims they sent to what we actually got. Um, I'll get it all prepared in the warehouse, prepared for orders, um, and then once we have, um, once we're ready to start shipping it, I will then uh, make the product available for orders, release any type of back orders we have, um, and then just kind of monitor it as it's going through its life. I'll work close with Jake, letting him know, hey, we have a large order coming through for this. We might need more printed soon, so if you wanted to look into getting that made. Um, if we discover that there's any issues with the print run, um, usually I'll point them out to Jake to, s to, to see if there's anything where it's dire that we need to not allow any of them to go out or if maybe there's a slight fix that we can do on it um, just to make sure that the product is perfect for our, our customer. So. so at any given moment, how many, uh, how many products are like on your radar to, to get to the point where you're like, I need to alert them to that we need more? Um. Can I speak into that? <laughs> Absolutely. It's not Mike's job <laughs> to tell us when to reprint. Right. We have um, inventory lists that we monitor. Um, each buyer has their own list of products they're responsible for. Um, so he alerts us when things slip off our radar. <laughs> uh, so he's, a, he's plan B. He is not plan A. I am plan <laughs> so <laughs> thanks buddy <laughs> so you probably have all of the locations memorized and all the product numbers memorized oh, just in yeah. your head right it's bad when I have the isbins memorized <laughs> so but yeah we, we probably have around maybe about 1300 active isbins um, and we bring about maybe with our other alliances that we have, we probably bring about another 80 or so a year, maybe more than that. 
So, but then um, as products go to the end of their life, I ought to print them, and you know, so we'll lose another <coughs> maybe forty isbins that'll go out of print. Mm-hmm. So, and all products are in various stages that I'm constantly looking at. Mm-hmm. Mike, what would you say is one of your favorite parts of your job? Because that's a lot of details, a lot of numbers. I, I'm a big numbers guy, okay. so I really enjoy working with numbers. So. I have a lot of spreadsheets that just show numbers that I'm sure people will get cross-eyed looking at, but I just love looking at that type of stuff. Well, we're very grateful because, like you, you know, like you said, that is a lot of products going through. And um, now I'm wondering, we're we're going to transition. We've talked a lot about behind the scenes, the the backdoor type things, and now we're going to go towards how these products are shown out into the world. We have a few of our marketing experts here with us. So Chris, we're going to start with you. Can you explain a little bit more about what you do here? Sure, I guess I'll start on the, the front door, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so hi, my name is Chris Morrison. I am a brand director here at, at Tyndale. Um, and my role, and I was thinking about this, it's always difficult to describe what I do because pretty much everyone that's spoken before we've gotten here I'd work with every one of those departments and I would touch the product at every one of those steps along the way. I'll either owe those people something or I'll approve something from them or, you know, they'll harm me because they'll say, Chris, it's been two weeks and running yeah. behind. But, but our role gets to touch the product at every step of the way, which is one of the things that I really love about, about what I do because we get to see it from the time when it's just an idea all the way to when it's out and it's in a bookstore or it's on Amazon. And so you get to see the whole process and you get to kind of take a ride along with, with the entire process. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think the favorite thing about my job, and I'm fairly new to Tyndale, not to publishing. I've been in publishing for 20 years. Um, but the thing about Tyndale that, that intrigued me was the idea that if I do my job really well, that means more people get to read the Bible. And that's just a very neat thing to be able to say that, you know, me doing my job well may mean that someone gets the help that they need or, or someone gets through a hard time um, because they now have a Bible in their hand that, that they might not have had had we not collectively done a, a, a good job. And it takes all of us, right, to get, to get that Bible out. And so that, to me, is the, the neatest thing about, about what I do. Mm-hmm. Chris, how do you balance uh, promoting a brand or a whole, like the Bible obviously covers lots of translations and nuances versus specific product launches? Well, most of what I do in in the Bibles that I manage, what we try to do um, is I approach every Bible as a brand unto itself. And And by that, I mean, even if it's brand new, Right, first first time out, I, I try to consider what what does this Bible say? What does it mean? What types of I know this may sound crazy for a Bible, but what kind of emotions does it evoke? And, and there could be very different kinds of Bible. An example: we have a Bible called Life Recovery, and it's for people recovering from from whether alcoholism, drug addiction, or anything like that. That has a very different feel and a very different purpose than say a Bible for new believers, which is a very different kind of brand where now we're talking about people that are new to the faith, may not know anything about Christianity, may have grown up in a house that 
never talked about God, never talked about anything relating to the Bible or any kind of religious thing at all, how do I take that person from zero to understanding what they need to understand as a new Christian to give them something to build on um, as they grow as a Christian? So I try not to publish products. And I know that sounds odd, but I try very hard not to do that and to make it a brand into itself so people know what to expect when they see the next one or they see the next edition and they start to understand what to look for because they become accustomed to this is what this Bible brand means. So like the Life Recovery Bible, that Bible's been out 25 years. So people know what to expect and when they see that brand, I don't have to explain to them what it does, how it does it because they know and we don't change that because then that confuses the marketplace and then somebody might be can not, not get what they need because now they're unclear on what does that do. Now, this isn't meant to be a quiz, but <laughs> just to give people an idea of how many different brands you manage, can you just list the different Bibles that you work on? <laughs> okay, from memory, I think it's like 11 or 12 of them. So yeah, you you're not doing to do them all, maybe just the... Yeah, I mean, I have a life recovery I mentioned. I have the Beyond Suffering Bible, which is a great Bible for people going through things. We have a uh, children's Bible, hands-on Bible. We do that. We have a Bible for men, um, every man's Bible. Uh, we have a host of, of different iterations of, of one-year Bibles. So you can do one-year chronologically. You can do, you know, one year um, in order. You can do one. So there's a host of different Bibles. We also manage, I have someone works for me, and so we also manage a journaling Bible. We uh, publish a Bible where you can color, and people are doing a lot of that now, very, very popular um, to do now. And I'm trying to think, the New Believers Bible, we have that. We have a foundational Bible for people that need to get grounded more in, in, in the Bible, and that's called the Christian Basics Bible. And uh, we are looking at some different acquisitions. Oh, I forgot, we also have Immersed. Bible, which is a reading Bible. Um, I'm really excited about that one. So um, we stay busy over <laughs> on the Bible team, so, but it's fun. It's awesome. Fun. Uh, we heard about Bibles. Now let's hear more about what a book marketing manager does, and that's Robin. Okay. Well, um, I'm Robin Bramell, <coughs> and uh, my, my title is Senior Publishing Manager for Books. I'm on the Alliance Publishing Team, and I spend a lot of time uh, on marketing. And we partner with two ministries, uh, Focus on the Family and NAV Press. And uh, we're responsible, I'm responsible for all aspects of book sales, production, and marketing. And our, our alliance team is unique to publishing in that we partner with ministries that publish books. And yet, because they're ministries, they aren't necessarily equipped to efficiently manage the entire process of releasing the books into the trade. So we come alongside them and uh, help them. They create the content, and then we help with all of the other uh, aspects, design, production, manufacturing, marketing, warehousing, and selling the books. I fall more in the back end of the book production process, um, but really as soon as our ministry partner signs a contract with an author, we receive notice and then it goes into our system and so we have the privilege of knowing about it for a long time. 
And instead of doing all of the work, uh, I mostly manage the relationships between our partner and the various Tyndale departments um, to ensure that our partner has an excellent experience and that uh, our um, Tyndale uh, folks um, also have everything that they need to carry out their responsibilities. And I would say my favorite thing about my job, honestly, I love the cover reveal meetings. They're <laughs> always so exciting, and that's when we meet with uh, our, our partner. Uh, we usually have them on a video conference call and uh, the design team, and we get to see the covers for the first time, the options that we have. And it's always a really, it's the, the discussion around it is uh, is so invigorating and and we've heard about this project and it feels theoretical until we start seeing cover designs and our design team is imaginative it's interesting to see how they graphically define a book and it really starts to become a real book once we see those cover designs and we discuss which which title wh which covers would be best for this uh, title, and then ultimately we choose one and present it to the author. I also love the uh, the partners that we have with Focus on the Family and Nav Press. We I get to travel there to Colorado Springs occasionally, and it's it's really um, it's wonderful to partner with these ministries that are doing some wonderful things, and they have. NAV Press is about discipleship, Focus on the Family is about marriage and parenting, and they do that so well, and we, we have a great time when we're together. So it's the Focus on the Family partnership we've had for maybe 30-something years, Linda, is that right? And, uh, and NAV Press is newer, it's been a few years, and so it's, it's nice to have those two partnerships, and it is something unique to Tyndale. I don't know that many other publishing companies have similar partnerships. Now you have marketing people on your team that you work with a lot. Um, what do you think is the most interesting or challenging part about communicating the message of the books and what we think is great ab about them? This is the reason why we've acquired these books and communicating that with the customers. What is challenging is that we need to look at the marketing of it through the eyes of our partner because we're representing them. And so it's it's important that we stay true to the mission of Focus on the Family or of NAV Press. And so that is, is something that we're responsible <coughs> for. And so I have to think about how I would answer with them. And a lot of time there's just emails that go back and forth so that we're we're continually um, checking in with them and seeing that they're helping with the messaging as well. Oh, it's just interesting that you asked that, that question um, because what we try to do is to make sure that, that what we think the Bible is is what it really is in the mind of the consumer. And so it's very interesting when you release something and to watch what it actually does. And I, I couldn't help but think when Robin was, was, was talking was, our Bible, um, Beyond the Beyond Suffering Bible, which which originally was kind of targeted towards um, people with physical disabilities, 
or chronic pain. And yet if you look at some of the reviews on Amazon.com, 80% are people that I'm dealing with cancer I, I, and I didn't feel like going on or I'm a caregiver and it was just things were going under and then I, I, I got this Bible or my, my son has a mental illness and, and I didn't know what to do until then. I mean, we've had people, I'm amazed at what people will post about themselves when it comes to this Bible. We've had a number of people post things that say, I was going to kill myself until I read this Bible. And so, you know, we never thought about all those other areas that cause suffering for people, and yet they are finding relief um, and a little freedom and some hope um, in this Bible. And so it's, it's always great when you can do that, but I think it's always tricky to figure out is what I'm thinking the value is, will the marketplace think that's the value? Um, with Beyond Suffering, it turned out well, right? It turned out well where more people thought um, it would help. But, you know, sometimes the reverse happens where, you know, you go out like gangbusters and you're like, I know they're going to love this. And, you know, <laughs> they don't love it quite as much as you do. So. <laughs> That's really insightful, Chris. Um, I'm wondering, Chloe, if you could speak to a little bit about that. You work on content creation and social media, so how you can you know explain your job, but also how do you monitor what our customers are saying? Yeah, my name is Chloe Renzema, and I um, am in marketing services, which is what it sounds like. We service the marketing teams here at Tyndale um, and our alliance partners, and that includes public relations, PR, um, our ebook team, which makes our books available as uh, digital copies, uh, our web team works on our websites, and then advertising, which is what I'm a part of. Um, and we like to say we operate almost as an agency within the company, so we come up with a unique advertising plan for every book and Bible that we release in a given season. Um, so that's one thing I really love is we get to touch basically every product that comes through the publishing house here, and I, I love the variety of it. Um, but what I, another thing I really enjoy is that we get to communicate pretty much directly with our customers, with um, people who are looking for books and Bibles, people who are committed purchasers of Tyndale and NavPress. Um, I work a lot in social media, so I really enjoy seeing feedback, answering people's questions as they come across, uh, and thinking about how we can take these products that we believe in, um, that so many of our colleagues have poured their work into, and get them in front of the right people. And the marketing teams, uh, people like Robin and Chris, are really important in this. They uh, hand off these books to us. They, they inform us on who the audience is, what the message is, and really uh, where they'd like to see it go. And we take that and, and run with it we are, and execute it, really. Um, figure out what websites and magazines and blogs are going to be the best ways to access those people that they've identified as the core customer. Um, and we adapt, as Chris said. <laughs> if we figure out that it's not what all of us thought, we change and redirect. Um, and I think the world of web and social media is uh, so fast-paced and timely that we're able to do that, which is exciting and fun. Um, and another thing I love is the team that I do work on is, I think, uh, just a super creative and fun group of people. We get to sit down and just dream about what we could do uh, to promote each of these products. And um, I specifically get to create some fun things along with our marketers, so um, blog posts and downloadable content and um, 
fun contests and any sort of stuff like that that um, puts the product out there in maybe a unique and fun way. What is your favorite uh, social media platform to work with? My favorite is Instagram. I really, uh, it's kind of my baby. So I <laughs> love like taking product shots and finding product shots. Our, our fans and customers take excellent photos of their books and I really enjoy discovering those and um, publishing them. So If people wanted to follow Tyndale or NavPress on Instagram, where would they go? Um, on Instagram, it's Tyndale House is our handle and NavPress is NavPress Books. So we are coming to the end of the line here of our publishing panel. We have Alex as our final um, sharer. And Alex, you work in sales. So obviously we have mostly talked about Tyndale inside. How does a book get to the bookstore? Um, and also, how do you work with the trade? Um, as Joy said, my name is Alex Peterson. I'm a sales administrator here at Tyndale. Um, I work with our national reps uh, and uh, do a lot of data management for our sales team. Uh, I help uh, coordinate our sales conferences. So three times a year we get together and uh, our publishing groups and marketing groups get together and share all of the products they've been working so hard on and try to tell us their vision for it, uh, what the product's about. And then our job is to do our best to memorize all of this on all of these products so that way when we go to the buyers at certain stores, we can then share that vision with them and try to get them excited about it. And so I do a little bit of work in two different areas uh, with the, the trade sales. So I work with uh, stores like Barnes & Noble, um, and then I do a lot with special accounts. So um, like Scholastic Book Fairs, you know, for children's products, uh, Publishers Clearing House, uh, and then some other different magazine uh, groups, but I get to see both aspects of our, our sales, and so when we go into Barnes & Noble or something, we literally do pitch just about every single book that we're uh, um, publishing during a certain season, and uh, we have to show them cover images, and we, we show them, you know, what we're planning to do for marketing, and based on all of that information and kind of what the book's about, the, the marketing plan behind it, and what kind of push we're going to be doing via social media and everything else, that helps dictate how many we can convince a buyer to bring into the store for a specific product. Um, we also use uh, different marketing dollars and what we call co-op money to help get that into table placements, get it on special like bookends. Uh, and so when you see um, you know, a book in a certain spot in a store, typically we end up having to uh, pay a little extra to get that in front of your you know, eyes there so it's not just hiding in line with all of the rest of the books. Uh, this is Jake. I don't know. I just want to throw in another statement. What Alex is talking about um, in terms of getting the table placement on a new title uh, ends up impacting me as the buyer um, because before I go on an initial print run for a title, I am consulting with sales. How many do you need to get appropriate placement in the market? Because we don't want to print 10,000 books and pay for all those books if 5,000 books is all that the market will hold. And on the same time, if the market is chomping at the bit for a title, we don't want to print 5,000 books if everyone wants a copy. So uh, we, are, we try to be mindful of that as we uh, uh, be stewards of Tyndale's money. So. And also you mentioned things like end caps and displays and Al, you've probably worked on a lot of that as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a while. Um, 
It is elegant. Yes, uh, you know, we coordinate with the marketing teams and figuring out, okay, they come to the commercial team sometimes to say, okay, now we know these stores want these. How can we make it visually appealing to the consumers um, and help communicate this to the, to the marketplace and say, hey, look at this. This is some brand new, exciting stuff. Come check it out. And so the design team, uh, the commercial team specifically, uh, really works alongside the marketing team and the sales team to really put together the proper tools for them. Um, it could be, you know, like end caps or shelf talkers or any supporting marketing materials to really help push and position this product uh, properly. Um, also keeping in mind, um, you know, within a certain budgets, certain costs, we really like to stay within and be frugal with uh, Tyndale's money, as Jake mentioned. And then also with marketing and advertising, somebody from sales might say, Barnes & Noble's having a special, they have 50 signed Joel Rosenberg books. Can you please help pr us promote that? So we're all working, we're all working together here as we're really finding out here in this panel. <laughs> yeah, sales definitely relies on everybody else and uh, making sure that we coordinate with them and uh, you know when marketing does an excellent job it makes our job as sales reps a lot easier to get the book into the market when PR can get placement on shows like CNN or on NBC that does wonders for us being able to sell books in because uh, they're getting more you know visual visualization of the product and you guys get to hear about it more and uh, that that's really the biggest piece in our puzzle is Marketing and PR does great. It makes our job so much easier. So we, we love our marketing and PR teams here. <laughs> and you uh, you do a lot with trade shows as well. Do you have a favorite trade show that you go to? Favorite trade show? Um, trade shows are special because <laughs> I get to interact with a lot of interesting people. Um, uh, but I think my favorite, honestly, I get to go to the Texas Library Association show. And uh, as everything is in Texas, it's big and crazy but the, the people are super fun down there and you get to interact with a lot of really cool librarians and uh, church uh, librarians church librarians are awesome um, and uh, <laughs> but it's it's not as uh, stressful as some of the other shows can be in regards to you know pushing product or uh, having potential authors come up and ask you questions and it's always tough for me when an author does that because I don't have any say in bringing your product in. I work in sales and so I, I will sell it if you get your product here but I, I can't help you get it in the door. Thank you, Alex. That's great. It was really good to end with you as kind of a s summary of all the pieces in the process. So we're very grateful for all of you who are on the panel. Thank you so much. We hope for our listeners that this is encouraging and insightful and that now you have a better idea of how Book or Bible is made.